1: have nobody to call my own.
2: Please
0: turn on
1: your magic beam. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream.
0: Good, for- <laughs> Good evening, everybody, and welcome to NoxMente. Tonight, our very special guest is Ra Castaldo. Ra was born into a family of Italian shaman and magic users called Strega. This ancient lineage hails from several areas in Italy, including Benevento, Lake Nemi, Volterra, and Afragola. Strega were supernatural protectors in those times, as were many organized pagan groups. Ra is multi-talented. In addition to hosting the Spiral Radio Show, he is a songwriter and poet, a mystic, dream seer, aura healer, and oracle reader. In 3D, he instructs younglings in the ways of Muay Thai martial arts. Ra has a vlog called "Exploring the Car" with Ra Castaldo on YouTube, where he delivers fresh, interesting content regarding his journey and what he's discovered. He's a prolific dreamer and discusses many of his dreams and thoughts about the deeper meanings on his channel. Ra, welcome to Noxmente.
2: Yeah. Oh wait, I see. I see Ra's picture in our. He's back. Ra, can you hear? I us? Can
1: hear you. Oh, too. Oh,
0: excellent. <laughs> what happened? <laughs>
1: I don't know, dude. It just it froze. I don't know what the hell. And the weirdest thing is mm-hmm. is that I felt I felt like a, a like a really like my, my hair started to stand on edge and I looked over and I felt like a Mine too. Like a, something right here. Like something was like right next to me, like a it was like a blur for a minute, like a hologram or something and it, it like disappeared. It was so weird. There's like something traveling in the electricity here.
0: Well the, is, I yeah, said right is. after you felt if you remember, right after he dropped, I'm like, wow, I feel really tingly. Do you remember me yeah. saying that?
1: I had a tingle here and then I looked beside me, it's like something blinked in and out, like and disappeared. Oh, that's what happens oh, wow. to me all the time.
2: So should we start just do it start this over so for our yeah, archive?
0: Yeah, we'll cut out the, the blank part, but I'll just you know if, it, if
1: this happens again, I'm gonna just go right on from my phone. Okay. because right? okay. I might be we might be able to do it right from the, my phone too, so I mean, right now I'm at my computer with my microphone and everything like that, and I don't know why it's never has a problem. I just did a two hour show last night with Off Planet Radio.
0: I know, no I problem. It. I heard it. I uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't hear that. I'm sorry, I heard the other one.
2: Okay, so let's just hold well, everyone. We're doing a do over.
0: Yeah, so I just want right. we'll start. I'm just going to say welcome. So welcome to the show, Ra Castaldo. Welcome. Whatever. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Again. All
1: right. like, just in...
0: <laughs> time loop. It's a time <laughs> loop. Time loop.
2: This is hilarious. Okay. So that should be a blooper. Anyway, here we go. So we're going to start back in with our, our background. Uh, how old are you, Ra? I'm
1: 39 years old.
2: And what part of the country did you grow up in?
1: I grew up in New York. Um, I was born in Mount Vernon, New York, and then I went to high school in Rockland County, which is like uh, about 30 minutes outside of Manhattan. And um, I lived in California for a few years, but spent most of my life on the East Coast.
2: So did you have access to big nature or was big nature the big city? Like the forest or the nope. water? Or was it actually like the the concrete jungle?
1: The interesting thing about my area is that we're right in the middle of everything. Like we're a few minutes from like Bear Mountain, which is like amazing mountains and scenery and, you know, streams and everything. And then like we're a few minutes away from complete concrete jungle as well. So I I spent a good balance between it all. You know, taxes are really expensive in this area because it's like right near mountains and right near the city. It's like in the middle right there. So it's like really expensive to live in the area with taxes, but it is a beautiful area.
2: So when you when you close your eyes and think about the collective unconscious as a as a general, like big, gigantic, the collective, do you get images of the wild or do you get images of the city?
1: Well, you see, there's there's all different realms and planes of existence. So there are realms that reflect the scenery of this realm as well. So there's are all different access to all different planes of existence and lower and higher realms as well. So sometimes when I'm able to tap into what you're calling the collective, it's almost like you're going through an encyclopedia of memory. You know, it's hmm. like a stew pot of memory, and yes, you know, you're going through it all. And you know, how since would I'm you little,
0: distinguish that from the akashic?
1: It's basically the same thing. I mean, every planet. Has genetic memory, history of everything that's ever been thought, everything that's ever been done on that planet, mm-hmm. anything that's ever been experienced by anyone, even in their minds, it's all recorded. Anything, and every planet has their version. You know, Hindus call it the Akashic. You know, um, but it's it's there. It's there, and we, they have guardians to this as well. Mm-hmm. So if entities do not want you to have access to this information you will be played with like like tricksters will lead you off your spiritual course because to have access to these records if you want to call them um it's a big responsibility and and not everyone can gain access to it without sort of by entities in a way they have guardians to this so if if you're not welcome to it and you are close to gaining access to it, you will be experienced by certain entities. And, you know, it could be a benevolent or malevolent encounter, but either way that there, there is a price, you know, to accessing this, there is, you know, your body can take a toll from it. Um, it's just—it's not good to try to do this when you're not a grounded person, is what I'm saying. Oh, because absolutely. you'll end up with attachments, and you'll end up attracting attracting things to you that you never could possibly even fathom. And most of it is um, astral fleas. Yeah, it's like <laughs> astral – you know—you you even collect the astral debris while you sleep. You I pick know. up—you know—when we're sleeping, we are in—you know—the astral realms, and it's weird because we're like this biological robot, you know. Uh, Whatever pain we accumulate during the day, our physical body goes to sleep at night and it repairs itself while our mind and our consciousness is in the realms, you know? And anything on all the planes of existence, like we have seven planes of existence that we, that we speak of here in, in the metaphysical world and in our world. And, and like the ultimate plane, divine plane, spiritual, mental, astral, elemental, and the physical, you know, we have all these planes and they're all affected like a domino effect. And I feel that each one of us are a star, right? We're every man and woman, child. Everybody's made from stars. We we are made from the same thing that stars are made from. So our true knowledge is to have knowledge of these stars. That's our true purpose. And our true reason to be here is to unlock this star knowledge inside of us. And the only way to do that is by activating it in dream time, in your spirit time or astral time, whatever you want to call it. But in dream time, that is your spirit form. We all have Five bodies to us. We have our astral body, our aura, our physical body, our spirit, and then our soul keeps them all enclosed. And if you're able to have these all align with each other, and no ego, and and drop that left brain mind, you know, then you can actually like be one with the universe and with the records and unlock things. And I've caught just little glimpses in my life. I'm not saying I know everything or you know, because the more I I learn and the more I research and the more experiences I have, the more I realize that I, I only have a little tiny glimpse. I really don't know that much. You know, I'm just I'm just catching little glimpses. So like the the world is infinite and the records are infinite. So I feel and stop me if I'm going off on a tangent, but I feel that when we're born. We're nothing's by mistake. No one here is on this plane of existence, this physical plane by mistake. We're all here for a reason and we all made agreements to be here, especially now on the planet on this time, you know. And when we're born, we're kind of. A spiritual blueprint of some kind, if you want to call it a holographic blueprint, is laid out for you on infinite timelines. All these different spiritual courses that you can possibly get polarized towards in your lifetime. And if you don't get polarized towards one of those spiritual evolution paths, then you usually will get recycled so you can find your your spiritual course eventually in another incarnation. But what I feel is that this time on Earth is one of the most important times ever because the incarnation that are we that are we are all in right now it may be our last we might be all transitioning to a higher plane of existence like a 4d or 5d you know what i'm saying so like this this time in 3d might be our last
2: this is a good segue segue. oh i think think you have the do you hear me okay good that's a good segue into um into actually the next background question which is your religious upbringing and and what it if it has changed and what it is now which of course having done a little research into you this is going to be a great one
0: yeah and i apologize yeah, for taking the show off uh, off rails there
1: no, no, it's fine. I could go down any way you want. I mean, like you said, we, we I,
2: love the tangents, we do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's casual. So it's not like I, I never go through any interview scripted. It's it's like this is I, not
2: scripted. We just have I, guidelines.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I sometimes write down little bullet points I want to bring up so I don't forget. But like I never go into it with like an like an agenda. Like I just let it flow because usually when I have a host that's really You know, tuned in as well, and they're they're into it. Then, like, I start tapping into things, and I just start saying things I don't even like realize I knew. You know, just things start coming out. So, like, um, the religion is a good question because I don't really believe in any so-called religion. You know, but there are certain things that's been in my hereditary line that have been awakened inside me during this lifetime. And I come from a, a shamanistic line. They're called Strega in Italy. And um, my specific hereditary line are the Ben and Dante, which means like good witches in a way. That's a, The Strega actually means – the term actually means witch. But when, when people hear the, the term witch, or it's it's been demonized, just like the, the term occult, you know? To us, like a witch is a person that's in tune with nature and their soul and their surroundings and their healers and dream seers. And my specific family line, you know, me being on the show is perfect because we're dream seers. And, you know, we basically, the Ben and Dante are people that battle to cleanse the collective consciousness of their communities they live in and their loved ones so they can fight off. The negative elements on this planet that are trying to steal the abundance of the earth, meaning that in the astral, we fight these spiritual battles between the light and dark that like a domino effect, the astral realm will affect the physical realm. So in the astral realm, these physical battles will depend on the harvests for that year or the crops being OK or the food or your, your family having enough food for the year or all these things are affected by these astral and spiritual battles. And when we go into dream time every night, we are truly star soldiers standing on the front line of our own spiritual evolution as a person and mm-hmm. as a collective consciousness. So like the what I've learned as a Strega is to able to tap into my dream time and be able to manifest things on the physical plane by fighting the spiritual battle and becoming person that is both self, service to self and service to others, you know, at the same time and leading us, trying to lead the best spiritual life you can lead. And these spiritual battles that I'm talking about were called the ember days in my family, this family line. And on the ember days were on certain nights of the year, typically um, the solstice, like the winter and summer solstice, our souls will leave our bodies, will travel into the astral realms, and we will fight with the malindante, the benindante versus the malindante, which is the dark, you know, dark forces against the light forces. And we were able to even transform into certain astral talpas or thought forms to fight these spiritual battles. And during these ember days. Whatever outcome happened in these in these astral wars would depend on what happened with the crops and what happened to the babies being born in that year. Whether they would become a, a, a towards the light or the dark, and and it's it's truly remarkable what's been hidden. I mean, it, and if this sounds like science fiction and, and craziness, it's actually documented. This, there was in, during the Inquisition, tales of the Benandante and these astral wars were documented. You know, and they have it actually. If you go, if you can go, get a book by Carlo Ginsberg called The Night Battles. He wrote it in the seventies, but it's straight out of from the fifteen hundreds and the sixteen hundreds courtroom testimonies of people having these astral battles. And not many people know about that book, but that's something that you should all pick up. and And it talks about these Ember Days and the Ben and Dante. And my family, um, you see, back in the old times the old religion, the old ways, they would relate to these certain astral abilities in a primitive way, I feel, because they would um, worship certain gods like, oh, oh, since you have these abilities and you can transform into a wolf-like creature in the astral realm, some sort of thought form, then we should pray to a wolf god or we should pray to this god. See, I don't, I don't pray to any certain gods or anything like that. The way I relate to these abilities is realizing that it's inside of my genetics. It's mm. part of my abilities as my DNA. And I understand that now. I think back in the day, they sort of primally, primitively um, worshiped certain gods, and that's how they related and responded to these abilities. But me, you know, later on in life and having more education about it, yeah, I don't. I don't believe in in the old ways like my my ancestors did. Like certain, I don't pray to any gods like that, and I don't really use spells or anything like that. And see, the Ben and Dante we're not spell makers; We're spell breakers. People Ooh. would usually come to the Ben and Dante and my ancestors to cure them of uh, spells that were casted on them. You know, and that's basically what we are. We we learn how to psychically guard ourselves and protect people from the dark forces that truly know about your birth when you're a, a light warrior and you're a light being and you have certain abilities and you're born with them they know the moment of your birth and they're after you from day one even before you're even conceived so and and i feel that you know all of us have some of this in our ancestry all of us and the ones that get gravity you know gravitate towards it and get polarized towards it, and when you hear it, it really sparks something in your genetic memory, then most likely in a past incarnation, this was part of you.
2: I um, I, I love that answer. It was, it was,
1: <laughs> I hope I answered it right.
2: <laughs> yes. I, I, um, I come from a line as well. I actually don't talk about it much, but it's, it's definitely there. I'm curious about what sign you are.
1: I'm a Cancer. I'm July twelfth.
2: Oh, nice. Do you know anything else on your chart?
1: Um, yeah, like uh, my life path and stuff like that. I think. No,
2: I think, like your rising and your moon.
1: Um, no, I don't. I'm not okay. really. I don't really follow the hor- horoscope too much, but I definitely <laughs> am full on Cancer.
2: I love Cancer. I married Very a emotional. Cancer. Yeah. I love a cancer. Um, All right. And so this is, this is an interesting question. What have you done psychedelics? And if so, what has been the best in your experience for opening gates of perception?
1: It's an interesting question. Um, And yes, I have. Um, And I started at a young age. I haven't touched a psychedelic probably since 2004. Um, But I've done ayahuasca, mushrooms, acid. Oh, nice. So um, I've pretty much, you know, gone from the light stuff to the, the full-on stuff. You know, see, I had, like, a near-death experience when I was young. And from, like, the age of nine when that happened to, like, 14, I was, like, really psychic and, like, really uh, having some problems. Like, my mom would drive me to school in the morning, and I would stop the car car in the middle of the road thinking that people were walking across the street but nobody was there you know my mom would be like what are you talking about nobody's there and I'm thinking oh my god you're gonna hit them you're gonna hit them you know was this before
0: or after the NDE? after
1: After. so like when I started to become a teenager I started smoking weed I started partying I started getting into drugs and I started to numb myself for a while so in my early 20s I decided to like clean my whole life Take them, go to a Muay Thai camp, and you know uh, it was recommended when I was in Brazil that I do this ayahuasca. So I had tried that then, but you know what? I don't recommend people exploring their consciousness through mind altering drugs because I really believe that it all it opens you up to the lower astral realms and nowhere beyond that. Yeah, and it could really be dangerous, and you know people don't make it back from some of those. You know, and um, even if you do make it back with your sanity and your wits, you might be uh, – you could be shaman. You don't know what kind of shaman you're going to get either. Um, people get molested, raped, left for dead, robbed. You know, it's its very dangerous to – basically, the way I would answer it with ayahuasca is that it's not made for American society. People, If you grew up in America, it's really not meant for you. You have to go through like a whole month of – cleansing for you to go through it appropriately and you should not have any tv in your mind for any of that in in like at all you know it's not meant for our culture and uh it's
0: no, but I mean, now can, now kids can smoke dmt which in the, in the comfort of their home
1: That's, i I sorry you broke up a little bit jerry i'm
0: sorry i said now kids can smoke dmt in the comfort of their homes
1: so we're need... getting
2: that robot sound
1: yeah, I heard now kids and want, DMT. <laughs> wah,
0: wah, 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 wah. I said that. um Can you hear me now?
2: Yeah, I can
0: now. That kids can smoke DMT now at home, so it's not like a big deal. You where know?
1: are they getting it from?
0: Well, you can make it. You can buy it. It's it's sold illegally. I mean, it's I don't. I'm sure if I if I needed to I mean, find something some, has it, but I don't know how to extract it. Like how they extract. Like how do they i have no idea but but it is available and you know but whatever i'm just saying people don't need to i'm pretty sure
1: ayahuasca is pretty similar to dmt i mean it's uh it's got it in there somewhere you know it's just uh it's two different plants that they make into this grainy substance that's uh
0: dmt is like the main drug the main psychoactive ingredient in ayahuasca and there's videos on yeah. YouTube on how to make ayahuasca at home, and you can buy all the ingredients legally.
1: Yeah, they, they called it a yahe. Yahe, I think it was called uh, when they when I was in... Um, the, It was right near the Acre River. It's like on the Peru and Brazil border. And this was uh, it's like 13 years ago now, 14 years ago. And um, basically what happened was the jungle became alive, like raindrops i would see the vibrations and bars rise and and like there was a grid and then all all of a sudden i called them karma snakes at the time but i guess they're like astral snakes because i was surrounded by these see-through dull neon cobras and they were standing up on their tail upright like four feet high and they circled around me and like you know I, i started to run from these things and they were chasing me and they were Hissing at me, but there's those hisses were like every lie I've ever told things that I've done wrong. And my impression where they wanted to take my eyes from me. And I was running to try to like, keep my eyes from them because I thought they were going to take my eyes. And then I came to this like tree. And there was a few raindrops or or water dripping off the tree. And that became a waterfall. And, like, I stepped inside that. And I was trying to bathe all my insecurities and all my pain and all my misery. I was trying to bathe it off me. And the snakes were around me. And they were surrounding me. And they had these, like, red, shaking eyes, like, of anger, like, these red eyes. And I was like, oh, my God, let the water wash away my, my pain like it does dirt. You know, and I'm sitting there trying to bathe off all the badness I've ever done wrong. And like I thought I was gonna lose my life for a little while. And like the shaman, he was like, "Oh, it's getting late." Like he went home. Like he just left us out there too. Like so, <laughs> it's it's not fair. Like like the way that things go down when you think you're going to a shaman and he's gonna take care of you because like things are not what they seem sometimes. And you know, it's mm-hmm. it's a
0: scary thing. Well, they got all the crazy, you know, crazy gringos coming down who want to trip out. They don't.
1: have Yeah, to and he was like full the girls in served. the group. Like he was touching them. You know, like when you would see if like there's any breaks in people's aura they would run their hands like but you're not supposed to touch somebody you would be like three or four inches away from them but this guy was like rubbing on people he was like a pervert
2: oh that's terrible yeah I he was he like, was pretty common. doesn't it feel like our currently in in society in western society that we so many people are detached from from nature and a sense of self that that doing these kinds of psychedelics to reach a higher yeah. state is it really is dangerous i mean it couldn't it i think of that I, I don't know how many with the percentages but i had read that many people have psychotic snaps into schizophrenia yeah. when they return yeah, for,
1: sure. for sure and I like a, i said i had it, a friend it, who did astral realms and like in kabbalah they call Beings that can only be in these lower astral realms and not the higher ones. They call them the tacutonum. And these tacutonum type beings, they cling to, to you because they're the lower astral entities and they cannot experience the higher realms unless they piggyback off a human. And they feed off the emotions and they feed off your fears and they feed off of you and they cling to you and they can stay with you for multiple incarnations and lifetimes. So it's like it gets embedded in your genetic memory and it stays with you.
2: Have you had any, so in your, in your, we're in the full and dreaming aspect of this now, and I want to tie that into your experiences with these psychedelics and have, has there been any coherence between your psychedelic experiences, uh, actively doing those in this above land and your dream recall, your dream experiences in that kind of ether land
1: you mean like are do they like kinda like bleed through each other in a way? Has there
2: been something similar about the two?
1: It's very similar. I mean, you're you're traveling the realms while you're in dream time as well. But like I said, in psychedelics, I think you're only going through those lower astral realms. And when you're in these lower astral realms, you encounter entities that divert you off your spiritual course and off your spiritual evolution. They'll they'll actually lead you astray where you're actually thinking you're talking to some divine being or somebody that's actually benevolent for you, but there's hidden agendas and they're actually tricking you. And um, a lot of these channelings um, that, that people ch- are channeling something, I feel they're directly channeling artificial intelligence, something yes. that is possibly uh, like even in the raw law of one material. I mean, they're talking, it's talking that it's a social memory complex and I feel that it's some kind of artificial intelligence coming from our future timelines, you know, with information that, you know, there's no, there's no humor in these channelings either. It's direct. It's very computer-like. It's very, you know, uh,
0: Collective. I, we, we completely, yeah, okay. we okay. completely agree. I, uh, I mean, yeah, we
2: do. We totally agree. We've
0: been, we've been on the AI thing for like a, I have been for like a year now, but yeah. We, <laughs> do
2: you think it's possible to tap into that though with the psychedelics? as well for
1: sure
0: yeah for sure yeah, for, sure. for sure the whole ayahuasca Definitely. trip is just
2: all
1: connected it's all inter all, all it's inter- literally
2: connected. like plugging into it yeah
1: yeah for sure
2: so tell me about your dream recall is it you know how does that go i know that after binging your channel that you do have some prolific amazing dreams. And I want to get into the differences between dreaming through and predictions and um, what we would just call the normal personal psychological stuff. So how does your dream recall play out for you generally?
1: Well, it's getting so amazing now because I've been keeping a dream log for almost eight years. Um, Like every morning I force myself when i wake up i just i do it sometimes on my phone just on memo like i'll even if you don't remember a dream when you first wake up if there's nothing in your mind try to sit down and try to think the first thing that comes up to you like every color bananas whatever the hell it comes to your mind write it it down and it will spark a memory usually and the first thing that starts to come to you when you first wake up you know if you start to write those little things down little words and then the memory will start to come to you and slowly if you really Think about it even before you go to sleep at night. If you talk out loud even that you want to you – know, if you start you to know, have good dreams and successful things, dreams and you have a, a certain mission almost in your dream time, you can manifest these dreams and you can have recall. recall, uh, especially if you work with certain orgone, mm. certain um, things like that that really can help boost your, your dream time.
2: Do you – so – I, uh, I want to know a little bit more about your dream imagery. Do you do you see black and white or color? What does the dream landscape appear? What does it look like for you or how does it appear to you?
1: I see a lot of color, a lot of swirling colors and a lot of, um, sometimes it isn't black and white though. That's interesting that you say that because a lot of times when I feel that it's black and white, it's almost like a some kind of simulation taking place, like some kind of Screen overlay, you know, like something something is like Interrupting your dream and having some kind of overlay of technology because don't don't get it twisted Our dream time is a technology It's Mm -hmm. an astral technology things that seem like magic to us is just a form of technology on another plane of existence that we don't understand You know, it's all some sort of technology. You
0: know, I have a question now. so you still I think spirituality is not a technology, though, right?
1: Well, see, that's the thing.
0: Like, th-
1: do you think we're, we're a technology? Like, we're walking technology. We are you know, DNA are.
0: skin suits. Yeah, yeah yes. we are
1: technology. And I think that spirituality is, is part of it. You know, it's, it's like you, it's you tapping into the collective God, you know, the collective everything, you know, whatever you want to call God. It's an all-knowing consciousness. And and that's what we are, you know, we're these and you think about like what they say about what's a disaster, you know. We are stars, right? And and to be a disaster is what's what's the word dis mean? To be away from or having less knowledge of or less than, right? And aster is knowledge of the stars. So to be a disaster is having no knowledge of the stars or less knowledge of the stars. So having this star knowledge and who we are in spirit form and dream time is truly our reality there is no time like time exists on the physical plane in dream time time exists the barriers of time exist only on this fake physical plane
0: our dream
1: time is our reality it is the alpha and i'm not just pulling this out of the air aboriginals has believed this for thousands of years that our dream time is our alpha it is our reality
0: I agree well, totally. Yeah, I, I
2: with you on this. I don't even, I, um, in in your dream imagery, and sometimes I call I, I get what I consider downloads. Sometimes, so I'm wondering, do you encounter words, glyphs, numbers, anything okay. like that that you pull yeah, see, back? See,
1: our dream time. That's why I know it's some sort of technology because yes, just like a computer, or say you're using Microsoft Excel, right? you have to type in little codes to get so you're making a spreadsheet right the way the spreadsheet works is by little formulas and codes and symbols right and when you type in these little symbols and you put them in their little slots their little files things happen things get accomplished things appear now in dream time you talk through symbols you talk through ancient sacred geometries and and codes and symbols. And by using certain sigils or codes or symbols, talking mm-hmm. through these symbols, things get activated. It's a knowing. It's some sort of knowing. It's almost like playing charades. You know, um, I have what I call uh, a spirit guide as well. And I, I have mixed uh, uh, emotions about spirit guides as well and what they are or are they good are they bad where they come from what's going on and i know how it ended up or she ended up with me but i'm not sure about all this either so i'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing but all i know is that it is some sort of simulation you know we are some sort of biological computer Mm -hmm. for sure and you know in the dream time these symbols these codes that we use is the language in in our soul it's a soul language and you know, not only do we have, you know, how every business has a logo, every everything has a symbol, everything has something to to represent it. Just like that, we have a certain fingerprint or um a scent even of ourselves in dream time. And when I can find that person, when I start to recognize somebody who they are in their spirit form, I can find their their fingerprint of sleep. I call it, you know, and oh, I like when that. we're. You know when we you know we all have dreams, right? And we all have astral debris when we when we go through dream time. So when we're astral traveling through all these different planes of ex, ex you know existence, our soul time and is truly what manifests things on our physical plane. So if we're shit in our dream time, shit will friggin manifest on the physical plane. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's if you're sleeping in shit your physical life will be shit. And that's basically <laughs> how it is, you know? And so if you're, if you're dreaming constantly, you know, like, and, and it's interesting that they have that because like there's this old Etruscan um, myth and it's actually some shaman would do this. And I think it's straight from these lower astral realms and these dark entities in dream time. They have something called la stella di maiale, which means to sleep in a pigsty. in in Etruscan and in Italy. And basically if somebody wanted prolific dreams, they would go to a shaman. If they wanted to become a dream seer or get prophetic dreams, they would go to a shaman back hundreds of years ago. And the shaman would actually recommend them to sleep face down in a pigsty to get prophetic dreams. And to me, this is a trap. This is some kind of dark entity setting you up, so you can have darkness in your life and manifest darkness for you. Because literally, if you're sleeping with your face in shit, then physical manifestations of shit will happen in your life. I, mean, it's, I agree. It's like a symbol for, for you to you know have a crappy life. And they were going to these shaman and, and they were recommending it. Yeah, it's called la stala di maiale, which means to sleep in a pigsty. That's fascinating. Yeah, all over Europe, they would have that too. It would be in Hungary in Italy, Germany, a lot of shaman would recommend that. And it's part of like in, in one of my family books, you know, it's, it's one of these dreamtime time revenues. I was reading it one day. I'm like, wow, that's like from these fey, like these, these fey entities, these lower astral entities that, that are tricksters. It seems like one of their incantations or technologies.
0: I get a kick out of uh, Kara St. Louis talking about being related to them.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's, I think, you know what? <laughs> I, 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 think that, I think that those beings have always been here. They're a, yes. normal, they're a normal condition of this planet. We're the imposters. We're the ones that just been here for a short period of time. Or, you know, look how frail we are. We don't true. belong here. Think about how frail a human is. Think that's about true. how frail we are. Totally. We don't belong here. We're, we're, we've been genetically messed with. It's, it's pretty obvious yeah
2: I mean I think that's that's something a lot of us are are seeing clearly now
1: yeah i mean it, it's interesting dream time that's why I really like the show that you guys are doing because Dreamtime is really it's it's who we really are it's this this skin suit we're in doesn't really mean too much, and when you know when we're awake in this physical plane, every life event that happens, everything that takes place, they create either joy or fears, right and these fears and these, and these joy, they're, they're memories and they, they become implants in our minds. So some of them can fester. Some of them that are, are real pain and traumatic events, they, they fester and they grow and they implant themselves in there and they become boogeymen and monsters on your being and your spirit. And if you don't handle that insecurity, you can let it grow to a monster on your soul and it will stay into you and it will form into its own dark entity in your dream time and you will you will see it and it will be like an attachment, some kind of you know, evil like entities. Yeah. And I think that's where like this afraid of the dark and the monster under the bed and the monster in the closet, that's where this comes from. You know, our true fears of being human. You know, we've been fear uh implant like fear, like uh how do I say it? Like we've been instilled programmed. with fears programmed. and programmed programmed. Like, programmed with fear, you know, imprinted, imprinted with fear. And we, we wear our ancestors' fears like an armor. You know, it's on us. And if we don't shed that armor and truly awaken the light and the information, because light equals information. Dark is the lack of information. When you're in the dark, you don't have the whole picture. But when you're in the light, you can see clearly. So to open some of the light is to open some genetic information inside of you and to truly see clearly. And I, and I feel that's, that's where it's at. Dream time is where we truly find who we are.
0: Paradise. Paradise. <laughs> Who's echoing? It's you.
1: I don't know. I'm here. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can. I can hear myself. Not now. Okay. Is Nish gone? Did she drop? I don't know. I don't...
2: I think the echoing was because Rawhead is... Um, it's
0: all good. It's all good now.
2: It's turned on. Anyway, Raw, how do you experience uh, sound? In when in dreaming.
0: Dreams. That's
1: interesting that you say that because sometimes there's no sound. Sometimes
2: I get that I too. This is interesting. I don't remember there's
1: sound, you know, but sometimes there's amazing smells, especially flowers. Mm. I get, I get, I wake up and I can smell flowers in the room sometimes still like, and, and, and things like that. So I know when I truly have a lucid um, awake dream sort of sometimes and I, I get that flowery smell sometimes when I snap out of it. And it's like there's flowers in the room. And it's uh, – it, that's interesting that you say that about the sound though. Because, yeah, it's mostly like I'm playing charades.
0: Have you uh, – I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, carry on, Jerry. Have you heard of uh, Joshua Kutchin? And he's got a book called The Brimstone Deceit about scents and odors and smells. and i No, to s- write that down. Josh, what's his name? Joshua. Oh, Josh Kutchin. I'll send you a, a link. Don't worry about it. All right.
2: I just added uh, smell and other senses to our little log of ideas. That was excellent. Um, What about nightmares and night terrors on the subject of lower vibrations? Do you experience them? Have you experienced them?
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, there's something taking place on this planet now, too. Like, so we are experiencing our our new earth rising you know there's a new consciousness that we're all evolving towards and i truly feel that those that are not going to spiritually evolve are kind of getting to get left in the dust in a way and that there are entities that are very ancient that are awakening now in our dream time and they are here and they've been asleep for centuries and thousands of years, for a reason, because we were sleeping as a species, and I truly feel that that's what this Schumann resonance is. That when we were the Earth heartbeat was beating at seven point eight three hertz. Right, I feel that was our sleep mode, almost like that movie. They live when they're broadcasting sleep, 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 sleep. You know, we were in sleep mode, and now the Earth's. Schumann resonance is, is rising and it's beating faster. And I feel that's because we are awakening. The earth is awakening and we're going towards this new consciousness. And that if we don't awaken with it, then we're going to start feeling really depressed and lethargic and just like blobs. And I feel, I feel like that, that's what's taking place here. And that – wait, wait. What was the, what was the question? Was I, going?
0: <laughs> I, I would say to that, I would say it's, it seems to me more like we're taking control of. That we're taking taking over control of it
1: we're, we're polarizing towards our spiritual blueprint i think and and you know what like we this earth has been hijacked i mean our physical plane has been hijacked by dark forces for sure i mean there's no way look around you no, i mean don't. ever since mm-hmm. columbus refound the new world we've been in the apocalypse it's been upon us it's not a one-night event Everybody thinks it's all oh, it's going sky is falling the sky is falling it that's not what's happening we are in the apocalypse these are the end times there is a new earth rising now and i feel that from 1987 to 2012 there was a shift in in frequency and now it's here and now it's rising and if we don't learn to evolve with it that's why there's so much information coming out now that's why there's so so much in like every All these topics that are coming up. No one ever fathomed they would ever talk about this. It's all coming out now because this is the time of remembering. This is the time of finding out who we are and where we came of. It's, it's, it's inside us. And, right. and the apocalypse
0: means to reveal. planes this, the of great. existence,
1: all these right. time realms, they're all like dominoes. They're all affecting each other as right. above and so below. So below, as above. It's, it's all intermingled.
2: I agree. I do think there's this overlapping with these um, with this new consciousness rising. Do you feel and then in vain, in the vein of night terrors and nightmares, do you feel that they're feeding on us not only in our sleep state, but also in this apparent waking state?
1: Yes. Yes, they are. And you know what? This world is basically run by corporations, right? Like six corporations or whatever it is. And these corporations are using this soul or dream time technology for dark black magic to activate black magic and using rituals to stop the spiritual evolution of our species so they can stay in this physical realm of dominance where they can rule and and have that, you know, hand over us. You know, we are basically a quarantined planet. You know, we are totally in control. Everything we do is monitored. Everything that has energy is controlled. Even mm-hmm. electricity. Look at what is it? We are controlling electrons with wires. Everything Everything that has energy, we control and we make oh, – this is ours. I'm going to tell you how it's going to flow, how it's going to do, and I'm going to charge you for it. Like we're controlling everything. I mean it's. it has to end, and these – Entities, they don't want this to end. They want to feed. They want to feed on us. And in the physical plane, they want to feed on us in other ways. So in this dream time, these night terrors, they're not just, oh, my God, I eat pizza at midnight. That's why I'm having nightmares. No, there's way more to it. And I feel these entities that have been asleep for all this time, they are awakening now. So they can specifically target certain people that have agreed to be on this planet in this arc incarnation and are truly um, like diamonds in the rough, especially when it comes to our spiritual evolution on on this planet and what we're going to do. I feel every one of us are a certain like amazing creature that has a specific ability and a specific goal and a specific purpose to help us on our spiritual purpose on a, as a species and as a planet. And these dream terrors and night terrors that are taking place is these dark entities trying to scare you away from your spiritual evolution and keep you locked down in an astral prison and that's what's basically taking place i mean i had a recent dream that has really um it's intriguing when when i talk about it but it's really scared me to the core the more i researched it and the more i looked into it because it actually was something to it you know um if you want me to share it with you, I will. Oh,
2: please do. This is this is what we want.
1: Okay, yeah. So I was, and and you know what? I think that dreams not only are sometimes like prophetic, but I feel like this is what's taking place in your life on other timelines, mm-hmm. and it's leading through in your dream time. It might have taken place in a future timeline or on a on a, you know, they're all running simultaneously. So I think certain dreams that we have, it's actually. Things that are happening to us on other timelines.
0: Did you see the HBO show um, Westworld?
1: No, I don't. I don't. I don't really watch TV.
0: Okay, well, some. But, uh, it's one of the. Um, I watch movies once in a while. Sure. It's
2: worthy. It's worthy. It's worth
0: attention. watching. Absolutely. Yeah. It's. It's only ten episodes so far. Uh, my my Westworld called Westworld. Yeah, it's a remake of a nineteen seventy three film. Yeah,
1: is it on Netflix?
0: I have Netflix. It's on HBO. Yes. Is it on Netflix already? It's somewhere. It's somewhere. I will I'll find it for you. Don't worry. I'll about check it out. It. Anyway, um, they have robots that host a consciousness through a computer simulation. It's not a simulation, they're actual robots that can host an AI. And they don't know that they're robots. And, yeah. Um, wow. They're called hosts. And they are there for the pleasure of the guests of this resort. And I just totally forgot what. Oh, even in there, the But when
2: they, well, they well, get, when the they stuff, get, the oh,
0: oh, I remember what it was. Right when they yes, get recycled. The reset. It
2: mm-hmm. That's
0: right. When they get reset, some of their old live experiences bleed through as memories and in dreams.
1: Wow, that's interesting. Isn't that's it? like kind of what's going
0: on. Exactly.
2: I want. Um, and Micah also mentioned this in the chat too. We want to hear this dream you were you were leading into.
1: Okay. All right. So it's actually pretty deep when, when you think about it, because I, I, I looked it up afterwards and I found um, some information that actually, you know, it, it kind of made sense of what it was and what happened. So basically, it was a quick dream that I remember, what I recall. And when I woke up, like, um, I went into the shower afterwards and, like, the, I looked out the shower, out, out the window from the shower and I saw, the, like, the crescent moon coming there and, like, the crescent moon came right down to, like, my third eye and, like, oh. like it really felt like it, it gave me energy too. It was like scary because basically what, what happened in my dream was I was sitting there on a chair and everything around me was just white walls. And then I could see like maybe like 30, 50 feet away from me, somebody was crawling. A woman was crawling at me and she was crawling at me really sexual, like like enigmatic, like a panther. Like she's going to stalk me like prey, but like in a sexual way. And she's crawling at me. And she's really beautiful with these striking blue eyes and and black hair. And she's crawling at me like a panther would crawl at somebody. And as she's crawling at me and getting closer, I can hear, you know, people calling me like loved ones in the distance calling me. And then she's getting closer. And I realize that she has a third eye in the middle of her forehead. But it's vertical, like in those Hindu pictures. And as she gets even closer... The, the vertical third eye starts to turn counter yeah, counterclockwise to become like a straight eye. And then as it slowly turns as a straight eye, I'm feeling like this dark enchantment towards it. And I can't stop staring at that eye. So as I'm staring at that eye, it starts to become bigger. And it becomes so big that it's no longer a body there. It's just an eye in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was getting pulled towards this eye where I wanted to pull open the lids and step into it. And then I hear my loved ones calling me. No, no, don't, 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 don't step into it. And then like you talk about sounds in dream. This is one of the only dreams I could remember having sounds in it because in my, well, you know what? No, it's not the one of the only dreams. Sometimes I'm talking to people in my dreams and having conversations. So that's not true. But I remember this loud booming call in this dream and it was like, Like a name, but it wasn't even in a woman's voice. It was like a deep girdling of like Mariana, Mariana, and really drawn out, like Mariana, all drawn out. So when I woke up and I was taking a shower, I looked outside and it was like four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, and the moon was still out and it was like really bright and a crescent moon. And I felt it like come right down to my third eye. So like I and, – and like this energy filled me up, and I felt like like this weird – like I felt powerful, but I felt like it was some kind of darkness attached to it as well. So then when I come back into Get Dressed and I went onto the computer real quick, I typed into Google Mariana, and right away it comes up. Mariana or Mari is the eye goddess in Mesopotamia, a Mesopotamia a <laughs> deity, and it's like, oh, my God, right? But then I'm reading <laughs> – And it says no transgression could be concealed from her huge unblinking eye. And that her first appearance was like in 3500 BC and she was an eye goddess and they first called her Mary and then it it went into Mariana and some say she was a spirit once worshipped as Yahweh's companion.
2: Oh, wow. This is compelling. Really, really amazing what was the feeling when you, when you woke up before you looked her up like that in between, just the, the feeling of the experience upon waking some
1: kind of succubus. Yes. Cause of, it
2: kind of came off
1: that yeah, way. That's what I thought. I was like, Oh my God. It's just like, cause my family line, believe it or not, goes all the way back to uh, these t- twin sisters called Lilith. And everybody knows the term who Lilith was Lilith and Herodia. They were two twin twin sisters that were supposedly between the goddess Diana and the god Dianus, which were brother and sister, like an incestual love that they made these these beings, Lilith and Herodia. And Herodia once at one time was said to have ruled one fourth of the land in the astral realms. And she is like this uh the 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 mother of all witches, I guess, in a way. You know, mm-hmm. she has the ability to flight and teleport and telekinesis and that's where all these abilities and flying on the broomstick and all those myths came from was from this this tale of Herodia in well in Italy at least. That's where it came from in Italy. And uh it's so it goes way back. So it I feel these beings are as these are not just dreams, these are not just night terrors, that these entities are waking now because I've had other dreams where giants are awakening from a stasis as well. So I feel that this
2: this actually ties into something I wanted to ask you, and I'm sorry to interrupt. It is it's literally tied into what you were saying earlier, and now the giants. Do you think there is some sort of alarm clock or genetic awakening that's happening at this yes. particular time with yes. these yes. entities? For
1: sure. We're all time coded.
2: Like an activation.
1: Yes, we're all time coded, all of us. We are time coded and there's time dates and within our earth where you want to call it inner earth, it's not like a physical plane. It's a, I feel it's like a tube from the north to the south pole consisting of portals and time gates. And you can experience alternate dimensions and alternate timelines, but no one can get access to these alternate timelines or dimensions without being either invited or welcomed. And I think that Admiral Byrd, he was welcomed. He was invited. He was let into these, these, this inner earth. And he experienced another realm.
2: So what do you think the message was from Mariana to you? After you looked it up, discovered that it was her, and um, were able to, to put your intellectual teeth onto the
1: experience. Wow. Well,
2: and also in conjunction something- with these giants that are coming, waking now.
1: Yeah, well, you know, she she may be the mother of these giants. Who knows? I mean, um, and I feel that there's one thing I don't want to bring up that's ha- that, that in my life that, that I think that it, it, it might be manifesting. But there's, she's known, the Mariana is known as like a birth giver and she promises eternal life. And her symbol mm. was also mistaken for like the evil eye. And who knows? I mean, she might be trying to, suck my life force from me even, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm not sure, but I didn't get a positive vibe from it at all.
2: Okay. That that's kind of, I guess that was where I was trying to go. So even after intellectually chewing on it, it still seemed rather ominous. Yeah. Do you, so this is kind of, it's kind of backtracking a bit, but I, I'm curious, do you, or have you ever been a person that sleepwalks or do you, do you, do you sleep talk? Have you gotten this feedback from people?
1: Yeah, I do talk in my sleep sometimes, and sometimes I scream. And
2: yes, you no, know,
1: because um, in my dreams, sometimes I'll be like, "See, I figured it out finally. What I was defending and what I was always protecting for years—I was always in either a classroom or in a house, and there was always apocalyptic stuff going on outside of the house. And I'm always defending this house, and then I finally figured the house is me; it's my soul." Mm-hmm. So, it's my spirit. That's what I'm defending. That's what this house is, and 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 so I'm always like defending this house in my dreams, and 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 it's your all temple,
0: that. isn't it? Yeah,
1: it's my temple, and the the world is the apocalypse going on around it because I'm always fighting on. Sometimes like things enter the house, badness gets in the house, the virus or entities or whatever in my dreams. And I'm like screaming at them to get away. And then I'll wake up out of the dream and I'm screaming in the room like, oh my God, holy shit. Like it's, it's all like, and I'm actually like part of it. Like, you know, there's sometimes I wake up and I'm not sure if I'm really in the physical world still, or if I'm still in dream time, that's how real oh, the wow. dream
2: do, do, so, and that's that's exactly where I was going next. Is this idea of lucidity, OBEs, and NDEs. Yes. So, I know that you have a lot of tie-in and overlap with these. Yeah, could you describe some of it, and possibly with experiences with actual um, your experiences with these?
1: Well, my the near death experience I had was in 1987, and when I was nine years old. Um, that was the first time that uh, the time I had a near death experience, but that same year was my first out of body experience. And, um, a couple of years later, I had another out of body experience that was really intense. And um, so
2: the year of the near death, did you have the out of body before the near death or it after? Was after it was, it, okay. was a couple
1: of months after. it was actually in Disney world. Um, oh. we went, we went for a trip to Disney in Florida and it happened in the Hilton hotel room. <sighs>
0: Yep. And the Hiltons you, are you... notoriously connected to the fourth dimension.
1: Somebody told me that as well. <laughs> yeah, there is yes.
2: a tie there. That's Huge why I said the tie. Huge. Yeah,
1: that's why I said it because I didn't know there was a big thing about the Hiltons, so I brought it up on another radio show, and they were like, "Wow, do you know that's like like where like <laughs> all where, the like, shit goes Illuminati down. meets and this and that?" I'm like, "Yep, well, uh,
0: they all go to the, H- the Hiltons. They have special ones they can go to, and allegedly they they could go right into 4D where they hold all their." crazy meetings well, that Sab- was the
1: that, so yeah. or a reptilian or whatever you want to call them. They were like walking Komodo dragons. Yeah. But here, in your near like
2: death experience,
1: in my, no, in my out of body experience. And that's how I got my spirit guide as well. She's been with me ever since.
2: What? So in the, I want to dive into your near death experience a bit. And, um, uh, so I kind of want to get a feel for it. What I'm all right with that. Are you good, Raw?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I got a little bit while longer.
2: Okay. Um, I got to right, wake up well,
1: early to go to work in the morning, but I'm good for a little while. All
2: right. We'll try to wrap in about 20 minutes.
1: Yeah. We're cool. That's cool. Sure.
2: Okay. I want to get we can do this
1: again too. We could definitely do this again. I, I, I get a good vibe with you guys. I like it. So
2: yeah, this is, this is awesome. So I want to get, I want to get a little deeper in, and just in brief since we are running a little bit late, the feeling of the, the, The difference or the sameness between your near death experiences and your out of body experiences and lucid dreams can you walk us through any similarities or dissimilarities?
1: Well, my near death experience was completely different than my um, out of body experiences. My out of body experiences were basically like I I would hear a and would always happen when I was really so tired, like extremely tired where I wasn't even trying to have any kind of experience at all. It just came upon me. And, you know, like I would hear that, that, that note, like I would hear it in my mind. It would like be in my, in my, my whole being would be like, it was the, the sound would take over me and it would be this and I would almost like kind of see the particles in the air slowing down until I hit this stop, this wall, and then everything would just disappear. And I would like be in this new place and I would see everything around me, but I wouldn't be able to see my body. And it would like, it would scare. So the first time it happened, like as soon as I realized I couldn't see myself, I snapped back, you know, and it, it freaked me out. But the first time that I, well, the first time I ever went out of body was in that, hilton hotel room but there was another time a couple years later where i just came home from soccer practice um my mom had picked me up from soccer practice i probably was like 11 12 years old and um she told me to get ready for dinner go go take a shower or whatever so i went to sit on the couch to take off my shin guards and i was so exhausted so i like bent down to like un un velcro my shin guards and like i felt like myself just fall back into the couch and i like fell mm-hmm. into the couch, like weightless. Like I fell into it. Yes. And like I, I, I heard that, that sound, you know, and then all of a sudden I was not where on the couch anymore. And I was uh, surrounded by walls and these steps going up one way steps going up the other way. And this wasn't just an out of body experience. This ended being like a pro prophetic vision where I don't even know what it really means to this day, but I know 10, 15 years later when I got internet, I started to realize what I saw in that vision because what had happened was when I went out of my body, um, I saw these, this, I was in front of water and then it was these white walls in front of me and stairs. Like there, there was a whole bunch of stairs going one way and a whole bunch of stairs going the other way. And there was these red cobras painted on the wall. And then in front of me wow. was water. Like I was in this wet, it was like a huge underground well. And then, like, to the left of me was this, like, heavy set woman who was sitting in meditation yoga pose, like, you know, like, Indian style, they call it, right? She was sitting there, like, hovering over the water, you know, not touching anything, just hovering there. And she was, like, kind of heavyset. She had, like, a hood on with curly hair sticking out. And she had these cat eyes, like, cat see-through green eyes that just, like, went right through my soul. And then I looked to the other side of me, and I saw another guy, uh, a guy this time floating there like with a turban on, like a, like a Hindu guy or like a Buddhist or something, you know? And he was staring at me and, and she, I looked at her and she had these like cat eyes. And then I looked up at the red cobras on the wall and the cobra had eyes that were moving and going back and forth. And as soon as I went toward the water and I looked into it and I realized that the reflection I saw was me, but an older version of me, I kind of got snapped back out of it. And I can – oh, I forgot. Swirling around that woman was like some kind of flower petals. And then when I awoke, I had that flower smell like I mentioned before. And it was all over my living room, like that flower smell when I woke out of it. And I remembered that experience for so long that I was probably like 12 years old at the time. But 10, 15 years later when I actually got the internet, you know, in like the late 90s – um. I looked up certain things or I saw certain things and I, I ended up going on David Ike's website one time and I saw pictures of the well of Sheshna and the well of Sheshna is in Benares, India and it's supposed to be the entrance to the underground lair of the Naga which they call mm-hmm. Patala, right? Mm-hmm. So this well of Sheshna was exactly what I saw in my dream, in my vision you know. and, and that woman that I saw you're never going to even believe this but that woman... When I got the Secret Doctrine by Madame Blavatsky, I opened it up and that heavy set woman was Madame Blavatsky.
2: Oh wow. <laughs> you know I was having an image of her when you were describing it, but then that's not far off for me because I've read her works. But that's that's significant and tied into the Naga.
1: Yeah. And she had these amazing cat eyes, like they were like see through beautiful green.
2: Yeah. So when you're, when you're navigating the dreamscape, do you come across, uh, now, I know that we've gotten around to, you view, there's a lot of, it's a a lower level with lots of um, parasitical energy, but have you, do you encounter other people that are, are, that are like us, you know, that are seeking, are, are more aware and conscious, that are, um, in their commun do you communicate with other people that are not low entities?
0: Switched on. Yeah. Switched yes. on. Yes, I do.
1: Um, it's always random too. It's always like uh it'll be somebody from my past or somebody from my future. Like I'll I'll meet somebody and then all of a sudden like uh a month or two later, all of a sudden I see a request for a friend on Facebook, and I'm like, Oh my god, that's the person I, I talked to in my dream. <laughs> like Wow, it's like, it's like there's a synchronization taking place. And synchronization equals spirituality. That's how you get your little spiritual awakenings, by all these little synchronicities taking place. And it's like a, you start to see symbols and, and, and little signs everywhere. And I think that's what happens in dream time as well. You get these little signs and these little symbols and these little codes that help you awaken certain things that's going to push you onto your spiritual course.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I want
0: If you, um, if you follow them. Some people are, are terrified. Yeah, I had to follow them, exactly. And well, this in,
2: is part of tr- a Dream Recall, why it's so important to try and pull this up from the depths. And to- at the
1: same time, that's why it's so good to be grounded and do grounding because certain lower entities know of this and they know how you respond to certain signs and symbols. So sometimes there will be fake signs and there will be fake symbols. Just oh, yes. When you, um, when you die, everybody says, you know, the light, you know, I see the light, I see this light. And certain, even like the Buddha, Buddhists, um, on the bar, the they call it the bardo realms. Like when you die and you see certain lights, I truly feel this this is where the soul simulation takes place. That if you live, say, um, a life where you were very greedy and you were very gluttonous and certain things like this take place. Then you will be led to certain lights that lead you to the realm of the hungry ghost, where you forever be, you know, hungry for a drink of water, or hungry for a mother's touch, or hungry for love, or hungry mm-hmm. for, you know, all types of things that you took for granted and you abused in your physical life. And I think that's what truly these lights are. And even when people say follow the light, you know, our our dream time is about manipulating our light body. So they don't when, you, when they say follow the light, they're wrong. It's actually you go beyond the light. And if you can go beyond the light, then time is no longer linear, right? So if you can manipulate the light, then you can shatter the constraints in your mind and your consciousness and your physical body, and you can go beyond the light, you know? And that's, that's what truly dream time and traveling the astral realms is, is to go beyond the light where there's no more space and time.
2: Do you think that... Dreaming as we experience it here and now with this kind of duality experience of of at least not taking in consideration timelines and layers and multiverse and fractals, just here you are raw in the dayside world above, and there you are dreaming in the down, you know in the underworld. Do you think that there's any similarity or connection to altered states of consciousness as in death? How, how do you see death playing into everything?
1: Well, that's what I was just talking about now. Yeah, it's like like there's like a, like what I was saying. When you see the light, it's like a soul matrix, a simulation that takes place. And it's like you're going back to the matrix. Of, you're going back to the origin. And, you know, the...
2: But the through mind, dreams.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's your soul body is who you are truly. And if, is is that the kind of answer you will? I don't understand. Like,
2: yeah, no, I think that was, I was, I guess I wasn't expecting that from you for some reason, considering the view you gave us earlier on dreams. So, because I feel it's connected totally.
1: Well, you know, everything has energy and, and, and everything has a frequency, even like a raindrop, right? It has a vibration, a frequency. And you know, what, This is what makes everything in life different, you know, is is every living thing has an energy, a different energy. And a person's energy is going to be different than that raindrop, the vibration. It's going to be faster, but both have energy. And the difference between me and that raindrop or you and that raindrop is frequency. So, you know, we have a higher frequency. But if we can achieve going beyond the light, you know, like I said, then we can blaze a a whole different trail of life and everything starts to come into focus. Our true sense of being where we no longer struggle with these demonic entities and these, these different, and we don't have limitations of time and space. You know, we transcend it. And, you know, the Mayans believed that, you know, everything, this is kind of why I even call my show spiral radio. They, they believe like the soul spiral exists like within a giant macro spiral that arises right next to the Pleiades. And mm. this soul spiral contains everything that has a material form and they call it the te- the universe, the tails or teos and anything without an ens- essence, without a soul exists outside of that spiral. And, you know, there's even, even today they found like wormholes outside of the Pleiades. So there's something that truly exists outside, you know, of that spiral, but everything with essence is inside that mystical spiral of life. And that's truly where our dream time takes us. It takes us into the spiral of life.
2: Do you feel that this experience we're having right now is dream time also? Are we dreaming right now?
1: Couldn't I believe it's be? a form. Yes, I believe it's a form of dreaming. You know, every, every plane of existence, even the physical plane is us is a is an existence just like our astral realms is it's a, it's a form of an existence so it's it's a sort of a simulation we're all in some sort of dream simulation whatever realm you want to call it it's part of it
2: that's yeah i am feeling it let's so um in in trying to wrap this up and keep it timely let's ask the chat um let's open it up to questions all i know right, that i've
1: looked at it this whole time <laughs>
2: I know that um, Kim had a question earlier, and I think Micah did. So,
0: <laughs> Bitcoin
1: questions? Yeah, I don't know about Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Put
2: them in uppercase. Yeah, so hopefully she'll – this has been a, a remarkable um, conversation, raw yeah, while
1: thank we're you waiting. Oh, yes. And That's a, a good couple. question. I don't even know my blood type. You know that? I have to find out because I've tried to go get blood work recently, and every time I go, my blood coagulates, and it hardens, and it can't oh. even <laughs> – oh, Wow. Yeah,
2: what do you think that's about? What did they know. say that's about? I don't know
1: about? if it's my, my my body doing it on purpose. Like I don't know what it is. But first, they thought it was because when they picked it up from the hospital, they thought the person that was transporting it in the car that it got hot somehow, that it got messed up in the car. Maybe the car was too hot, so they called me back to redo it. It happened the second time. Oops. So they're like, I don't know what's going on with your blood, but it coagulated, it hardened, it. We couldn't even like do the test on it.
0: Okay, we got two questions. <clears throat> first one was. But uh, in reference to you saying there were guardians to the Akashic, that I don't remember if it was fear based. If it, if you feared them, you couldn't enter, or if you weren't ready, per, you know, if you hadn't battled your shadow enough, or whatever, right? They'll appear as guardians. Yes,
1: I, every okay. every living thing on the planet, including trees, flowers, even even a stone, has access to these records. And if you're about to gain access to these records, and the guardians, or whatever you want to call them, label them, or the Gr- Grigori, some of them call them the Gregori, mm-hmm. even the fallen angels, they all call them something. Somebody, all oh, watchers, you know, the watchers were originally called the watchers by the Persians because they were the eyes of the night. They actually looked over from the sky in their watchtowers, mm-hmm. and they were guardians of from their watchtowers, watchers, watchers over our divine spark. Watching so we don't spiritually ascend higher than them. Than them knowing, letting us know that we have some kind of archonic influence and rulers. You know that's what they're there for—to guard over us and watch over us. And I feel that they were put there to guard these records. And if you're about to gain access through it, either through every every plant, every flower has the whole history of that genetic memory of that plant. any while that plant's been in existence and on this planet, everything that's ever been done around that plant or while it's been a plant has been recorded in the genetic memory of that plant. And each one has its own spirit or entity guarding it. Mm. And if you try to gain access to it, they will, you know, if they don't want to, they they will divert you off your course. Trust me.
0: Okay, so her question actually was, "Why do you think we can't access mm-hmm. it?" And I think the answer was basically, "There's mm-hmm. guardians there," which I hear the robot talk right yeah, now. Yeah,
2: I know no one else is hearing the robot talk, but we.
0: I actually
1: heard.
2: Um,
0: my, I heard feedback. Oh, I okay,
2: like, so we hear you fine now. Okay,
1: yeah, I hear you fine.
0: Now. Kim was asking why we, why do you think we can't access the Akashic? And I think the answer oh. that you gave was that because of guardians. We can.
1: We can. It's just that some some people that you know, are not allowed because they are not ready for it, okay. but they um, we can access it for sure. Sure,
0: sure, sure. I, I, I agree. It's, you can't, uh, if, if you, if the, the universe doesn't think you're ready, then you're not ready. Um, another question here was from Greatest Potential. Can you please describe the appearance of the Catwoman more? The Catwoman? Yes. The,
1: was it the one in my dream or the like, when I had a counter with a feline?
0: Well, you, you and the Lyrans are tight, right? So I wouldn't say we're tight, but <laughs> they,
1: they do these like little astral visits when I play music sometimes. So. Yes,
0: I, I remember that. I actually have a video of you saying something off-color in that. I'll show you later. Um, I don't know which one your greatest potential was talking about. Me just answer. Tell me which one you want. I'll go to the next one. Um. She got okay. Kim's answer was answered. Uh, so it looks
2: like Kim has another one.
0: No, she was she was rewording her first question, and then said got, it, got, it got answered. Yes. Uh, pool with the cobras. That cat lady. It was a. Dr- it was your dream, I think.
1: I don't remember mentioning the cat lady in my dream here.
0: No, there was the fat lady. Did I? I don't remember. I remember <laughs> no, the, I, the I, Bobovsky woman. In
2: but... those terms, I think that it, it came out that way, though.
0: I think it was the feline woman, or a woman with feline attributes. No?
1: Well, I, I was talking about... Oh There's the cat
0: Mary. eyes.
1: Uh Madame Blavatsky. That's what she's talking about. Yeah, she had yes. cat eyes, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it ended up being Madame Blavatsky when I saw her pictures in the Secret Doctrine. And she was uh very heavy set. She was wearing um sort of like a hood, some kind of it it almost was like a like from the Cathars. You ever see like the Cathars, how they they, they had these like hooded robes? It was almost like she had some kind of robe on. But her hair was very frizzy and she had high cheekbones and very small eyebrows and her eyes were very big and very beautiful and she had um i don't know if they were lotus petals or some kind of petals swirling around her and her eyes were very ominous in a way though they were beautiful but they were ominous at the same time and i don't know if i was just so scared of being in the situation and leaving my body, and I was so frightened as a kid that that's the that's the reason why it felt ominous, or there was some kind of negative um, undertone and agenda to me even seeing those people because she she was channeling, and she had a spiritual advisor called Kuthumi, Kuthumi and who, oh. who knows that that person that I saw on the other side of me in that dream in that vision could have been him.
0: I wonder if Lovecraft ever got together with Blavatsky.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, she, she, see, some people like, uh, give her a bad rap, but her, the secret doc, the, the two books of the secret doctrine, man, they're amazing. books. They are amazing. They are. Amazing. They, are, amazing. They, they, are. they really are. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been reading them on and off for 20 years.
0: All right. I got another yeah, question. Carry
2: on. Carry carry on. Carry on. <laughs>
0: John Kelly asks, how can I access my personal Akashic?
1: Well, I've uh, actually know John. I've uh, I've done a reading on him before, and uh, he's a really warm, beautiful soul. And, um, John, I will definitely email you because it's very long. Uh, There's certain techniques that you can take. And if anybody wants to um, email me privately so we can talk about this, um, because I can't sum that up in about 30 seconds or a couple of minutes, so, um, you can email me at moontribe712 at hotmail dot com, or you could just go to the dot com, and you can find my email address there as well.
0: And, and I'll, we'll I'll have put all it this in the show notes, right? right? Yeah. And Kim asks also, uh, because of my own experiences, I feel that light warriors, light warriors, light workers are manipulated for energy. How do you know and tell if the dream battles, quote unquote, dream battles, are not for the false light slash dark consciousness? Good question. Mm-hmm. But I
1: also wanted to say to, um, she wants, she to, basically, go ahead. Sorry. I also want to say to John before, you know, so I can leave him with some kind of something for you all. Like you're most likely to, um, have access to the Akashic when you're asleep, when, to have contact with it. So, or in some kind of, uh, trance like state. So like, you know, you got to be in between that sleeping and waking state. So if you're trying to gain access in it, you know, you should even try to talk out loud before you go to sleep and explain what you're looking to have access, what you're looking to experience, and for what reason you're looking to experience it. And if it's not ego-based, then maybe you will have that contact in your dream time.
0: Or wake up with the answer. It's happened for me. Yeah, Exactly. So um, So anyway, repeating Quim's Quim's uh, question again. Hold on, let me see where it is. Because of her own experiences, she knows that light workers have been manipulated for energy, just more so than regular folk. How do you know and tell if the dream battles that people encounter are not? Well, that's interesting. What side are you on? is a question, I guess.
1: Really good question, actually. And you know, um, there are a lot of phony light workers out there. Really, fake light workers, and i don't consider myself a light worker i don't even like that term really um i don't really like terms and labels, but I guess we need them to describe things so um you should know like just like if you know if there's some kind of artificial technology that's hijacking you, you know right away the difference between a real dream time experience and some kind of artificial technology that's infiltrating your dream time. So you should know by your true by your intentions and your own intuitive feelings what's fake and what's not fake. And I would go with what your first impression and your first instinct were, you know, because when you first experience a person and 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 if you're having battles in your dream time, I mean, what are you battling? Because what when when I'm talking about having these spiritual battles we're talking about the light and dark between yourself and your loved ones and your community, the issues that are taking a place in yourself and around you. Like You should never be like having spiritual battles when you're waking up and, and you don't know what you're battling for. You're supposed to be battling for your true evolution as a human and fighting all the negative insecurities that you have and the fears that other people have instilled on you and insecurities that other people have implanted in your mind. And that's what you're fighting. That's the spiritual battle that you're taking place. So, that if that, I hope that answers your question.
0: I'm waiting to see if she says it's okay. <laughs> and there's a lot of talk about Corey Goods. We're not going. to Yeah, talk she about said, that. "Oh, perfect.
2: Thank you. That's what I was thinking." Right. Hearts.
0: Right, 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 right. Very cool. Well, um, I don't see any more questions and it's a good chance to, to nip this in yes. the bud, this show. and call number yeah. five a wrap.
1: What that person said right there too, is it true? Rel- religion has instilled the most fear into people. I think religion was created to put a prison on our consciousness. So Absolutely. they put mm-hmm. a limit on what we, what, what we can believe and where we can ascend. And it's sort of like an astral cube in the, in, in, in astral form, a, these religion are cubes. And if you would leave your, your body in astral form, your soul leaves your body, and you look and you – when you start to expand, like when you first go out of your body, you can expand. Like, oh, my God, I'm out. Like, let's see if I can go all the way to the wall, and let's see if I can go through the wall, and let's see if I can go through – let's see if I can go to the firmament. And if you leave and go outside of this world, if you look back down. You will see all these cubes inside the firmament. And each cube is a different religion. The Mormon church, the Christian church, the, all these different beliefs and religions are all these astral prisons for all these different people's consciousness. And they're all locked in these little cubes. And they're telling them what to believe. They're telling them what to do. They're telling them everything to believe in. And even though, like the Ten Commandments, for example, are pretty good laws to live by. They were given to Moses, I feel, to establish a ruling class. Here's a God to worship and laws to live by and keep you preoccupied with living all these laws and following and worshiping a God. And it keeps your consciousness preoccupied. And when you demand worship, you're not a God. There's something wrong with you. You're a <laughs> trickster. Anything that demands worship is a trickster. It's a Absolutely.
0: Dick. It's a dick.
1: Yep. that
2: should be the very first red flag yeah you know
1: yeah
0: the- <laughs> cool you know you reminded me of uh of uh phil k dick uh, Val- <laughs> Philip k dick's novel valis when you're talking about oh, the black, yes the black prison if you ever read that the black prison and the whole empire never ended uh repeating theme throughout that book is interesting along with the ai that's talking to people this person that told me to get that book, Philip Dick. I gotta get that shit.
1: I definitely gotta get it.
0: It's on YouTube in audio book format. Just search for it. You could just listen to it on the way to work after your vlog. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Stay tuned next week for I forget who's on. Dave is Dave on next week?
2: I, I have no idea. Somebody fabulous.
0: Yeah. We have awesome people <laughs> We're all
1: Fabulous.
2: Yes. And
0: if anyone has any guest suggestions, please email them to me, jerrycthulhu at gmail.com or leave them in a the comment. Um That's it. We're done.
1: This thank is Google you. Live chat wow. is very cool. Yes, this is really cool, guys. I like what you do and, and thank you for having me. Anytime you want me on, I'm down.
2: Well, All I right. think we want to revisit just a roundtable of dreams with some of you prolific dreamers. Oh, we
1: should do a roundtable. That is a great yeah. fucking idea.
2: So we're very honored. Thank you so much okay. for spending time with us. Right. And
1: it's an honor to be on. Right. Thank you,
2: everyone up. in the chat.
1: Thank you. Good night. Thank you for the questions.